Okay, okay, okay. Ladies and gentlemen of the Comic Box Rumble podcast, you are listening to a very slam-dunked Cuffy Smiles today. Just got back from the Slam Dunk Festival and my head has been beaten against a backboard. Physically and literally. Anyway, so uh, Solo is out at the cinema and so is Deadpool 2. Now I want to know what you guys, our wonderful listeners, have to say about these movies because I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen either of them yet. But I know that the response from comic book and pop culture fans and non-comic book and pop culture fans has been split down the middle. So we want to hear from our lovely listeners to see if they've seen it and what they think and if they think which one should which one should we see first. Solo, Deadpool, which one can wait, which one is a must-see, and which one is a, you know, see if you must. I don't know. Um, also, by the time this comes out, we're going to be heading over to Fruit Space for the Marvel quiz. Now, we're not sure if it's going to be about Marvel comics, and we're not sure if it's going to be about Marvel movies. All that we know is that when we go, we have to win, because we can't be the only comic book podcast in town and not win the Marvel quiz. So... We've been brushing up on our on our trivia, our information, who directed what, who started what, what year certain films and stuff came out, assuming it is only going to be out in the movie. So we have to, have to, we have to take the gold. Hopefully, I'm not sure if we're going to be recording it or if we're going to put it out there to you guys, but we'll be doing something with our time at the Marvel Quiz, which has been, I think, hosted by the guys, the wonderful guys of Middle Child Theatre. So listen out for that. Now, I'm going to jump straight over to the big, 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 big news because today's episode is where we announce the winner of our wonderful jam-packed, full to the rim, it's bursting, baby, second box. Now, the winner is someone who's been, you listen to every single episode. First thing, on a Monday, they go and check it out. They start how they start their day, it's how they start their weekend. They've said that when we've been late with an episode or hasn't been on, his whole week has been thrown out of sync. So we've had to pay some sort of royalties out to, you know, make reparations to, you know, to to right the wrongs that was caused by us not putting out our episodes on time. And for that, on the behalf of the boys at Comic Box Rumble, we apologise for absolutely nothing because we're giving you a free box, Mr. Daniel Bartram. Congratulations, you are the winner. We will get in touch with you over the many, many forms of social media that we have for yourself, and we will hand over the box of goodies to you when you come and sit with us on the show, and we'll have a we'll have a nice little chat with you about you know your involvement, what you're enjoying, and you know we'll delve into the depths of your involvement in comic books pop culture movies tv shows and all that sort of stuff and plus we will expect you to set a theme for us to cover for the last box for the last episode for box three and also you you have to follow the tradition the age-old tradition that was set by sir ian of morley house um of contributing a small little prize to the next box the box number three so thank you very much everyone for listening um if you're at home if you're not driving if you're not holding a baby or anything sharp please Give Mr. Daniel Bartram a round of applause. Uh, well done, well done, well done. And we look forward to having you on the show. Uh, I just want to say, enjoy this episode again to all our listeners. Um, get in touch with us at Comic Box Rumble, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to send us an email, any questions, any queries, or if you just want to shoot some shit, literally, we are at comicboxrumble at gmail.com. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, uh... Let's get ready to rumble! Stars and strikes! Up the clash! Let's go, Bob. See you in the show. Who do you is tingling. Victory! Good work, soldier! Scoop, flippity, poop, de boop. Welcome back to Comic Box Rumble with me, Cubby Smiles. Joining me as always is Tom and Jack. What's happening? Hello. Hello. Long time no see. Yes. <laughs> Tom's like, hello, I really want to be here. I don't, um, yeah, how, how are you guys doing? You right? I'm good. Yeah, good. It's a, it's a bright, sunny day. I know, it's. Beautiful, so, so what better oh. than to be sat in a recording? Can we do an out, should we do an outside broadcast as we get in summer? Yeah, we <laughs> could do. Could do, but I don't know, you get all the outside interference. We could organise like a sunshine comic picnic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Comic swap, bring your comic books, have a, 
of a swap. That one looks sad. <laughs> in the group of 30-something-year-old lads with, with them. <laughs> I'm only 20 now. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just sat outside swapping comic books with, with people. Disgusting squirrel cool. girl. <laughs> there was that thing that you, you guys read that um, article what I sent through to you about the guy who's like the world's biggest comic book collection. Oh, I didn't actually like read hundreds it, no. of thousands. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He um, gave his email address on Twitter. So one of your commented on it or I posted it on the I posted it I just I just posted the article on um Twitter on our yeah. thing. Um well I need to, what did he somebody mess put someone wrote some on our account and said oh, like, our Twitter account and said uh, we'll have to get this guy on the podcast. That's yeah, so I said I said that uh, yeah, yeah and he gave us his email address. Oh shit. <laughs> oh someone gave us a email address. I don't know who is it Try. is this comic spectrum email me Bob at comic spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Bob, a comic spectrum, we're coming for you. Yeah, well, I'll send a link to the stuff I'm getting listed. Sounds. Because he was, like, trolling. Like, collectors say, no, what's your favourite thing to read? He says, I just, like, love Squirrel Girl and things like that. At the moment, he says, a nine heart. He said, I've, like, read everything there is to do about Iron Man. I don't need to read another Iron Man story because there's nothing different. I want something different. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Troll after my own heart. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get it, we'll get it. We'll get it, out. So, big news. Miss Marvel is actually in the works. Is this one of these things where they'll say that they're working on the thinking of making it into in something and then they actually will go and make it? Well, the thing is, because they still haven't done it, I don't think they can announce anything kind of until the next Avengers movie for the next round of films. No, they've got to be careful because you have to keep putting news out so that these rumors yeah. are going to come out because they have to have something out. Because I've already said that Spider-Man's coming out three months after Avengers 4. Yeah. Then Guardians has officially been now called Volume 3, yeah. which will be coming out after that. And we know there's a Captain Marvel film, so the only other thing they can give a hint at is what's going to come from Captain Marvel, mm, like, and that yeah. is the, a Miss Marvel film. Uh, would you have it? Because it's a period piece, isn't it? So could you really still have Miss Marvel in it? No, she, I don't think she'd be in it, but she'd be a fan. So either from her actions in the past or her actions yeah. in whatever saves the day in Avengers 4. We have, we don't know this, well, we have this slate that they've announced films that are going to be coming between 2018 and 2022, but they've haven't announced the titles of them for Marvel. No. There's Eternals in there as well, isn't they? Mm. I think that's sort of... That's is that definitely in green there? Or? It's the same sort of thing, like, no yeah. actual confirmation, but it sounds like Eternals has taken that in that inhuman the yeah. slot. Also as well with DC doing the new gods, I suppose it could be their way of having like a big celestial... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that sounds hint- good, actually, the new gods film. Sounds mm. quite good. Yeah. David DuVernay's on it, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Should be quite, quite interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I just hope that it's not just kind of, oh... Let's yeah. say that. Well, let's make an announcement about people talking about things. That's how I read it. And I, was just, I just thought it was a bit. I mean, it can't just, just be sequel, sequel, sequel. They've got to have some yeah. new blood in there. Miss Marvel's ideal because it's a new demographic as well. I suppose the way how successful Black Panther was as well. They're not afraid did you, now to. Did you see um, it, Riz Ahmed, um, Mindy Kaling, and. Um, Camille Nanjani was like I think Rizamad said the three of us should write the script mm. and um, I think the editor of Miss Marvel went to Mindy and was like write and write some of it if you want mm. like not the script for the film but like do you want to come do an issue mm. so yeah. nice. that's the sort of thing which happens in a year's time isn't yeah. it already, like, Mindy yeah. Kaling is, that, is writing Miss Marvel nice. and, she already talks about who's going to be starring and they said about who the girl that does the voice at the moment on the cartoon series. Oh, right. Okay. But then there's the whole race and thinking, oh, well, she's actually American Indian, where it should be American Pakistani, you should be right, playing out. Okay. That's it, that's interesting. Because you've got to be very careful with that. Oh, you, definitely. You need to n- nail the age as well. She's like Peter Parker. You'd want a character who you can have a few films. Mm. Late teens, so, yeah. so, so, yeah. Someone suggested, you know, um, when they did that sort of spin off episode from Stranger Things? Oh, um, yeah. The, the girl played. Um, number seven, seven or something yeah, yeah someone suggested her yeah, and Boss just, Logic's done a really good mock up of her as Miss um, Marvel yeah. it looks really really good I just think by the time the film gets made and then you think about a sequel she might be too old yeah. I think it's tricky isn't it getting teen actors yeah I suppose with Spider-Man though they could fast forward a couple they can, they can like fast forward a little bit they know yeah, it's just you want Peter in high school you don't see it enough he's at the age you could do one more I think since high school and I think once he gets older that's when they'll it's three years isn't it it's um, freshman is going to do each year at least so three years of uni freshman uh, uh, ju- you got junior school. senior yeah. freshman sophomore junior senior uh, so far maybe probably. yeah but then the laws have Miles in the background. It, 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 Miles is definitely on the cards. There will be a Miles movie. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I think? I saw someone fun. suggest in, uh, in Avengers 4, Miles. I can't introduce him yet. No. I can't introduce him just yet. But it'd be interesting because obviously Miles is... His reason for being is 
Peter not being there. Yeah. So him him not being there because he's dust. Yeah. Yeah. Could work. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting anyway. I, I think it's too soon though to still yeah. bring him. And then depends how long people are dust for. Uh, spoiler alert. It depends <laughs> how long people are dust for. Yeah. But oh, they're just bad of it. Looks good. Yeah. yeah, that looks very, very good. That, that was a really, really good comic run, though. You guys really I like read yeah, the yeah. Spider-Verse one. I that was actually really good. That, a, yeah. Really good, really good creative team on that. Oh, God. That was, yeah. I need to read that again, actually. Um, okay, so this week I suggested something a bit weird, something a bit random, but something I think that is well within your capabilities, gentlemen. That's how <laughs> It was, tough. it was tough. You think too much of us. And, uh, honestly, we've decided to go with food, right? No, we, we didn't decide. No, 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 you, no, you, no, you, you told us we're doing food. It was like, no. You're like, yeah, we are. We're doing food, food comics because it's just weird. It's different. It, it's a bit challenging. You must have like, you must have something in mind for this when you thought yeah. of it. There was, there was three things that I wanted to do, and but then two of them just seemed very generic. But then one of them, I was like, you know what? Because I don't get to talk about this enough, and I'd like to talk about it. Just because it's got a lot of depth, that it's got has a lot of depth to this as a story that I don't think people realise. So, cool. but it's been after. What did you guys find? I want, in fact, originally I was going to think it was I wanted to take some more very iconic moments of comic books where food has been eating. So there's that there's that amazing panel of Daredevil, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, and Daredevil, Spider-Man, Luke Cage. I think Wolverine's there as well. They're all eating hot dogs or someone sat on a wall on top of this building and they're all just chatting, uh, taking yeah. moments like that and being like, what they're discussing and this panel means this. Well, it's trauma from the Avengers, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Spider-Verse. That's all food. Spider-Verse? Oh. They, eat, they, they eat Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. They absorb their, absorb their, their life force. Yeah. So, Do yeah. you think of that? There's loads of little bits, little that's, moments. That's four. I was thinking like, there's three series I read of involved mm. food and two of them are zombies. Mm. Humans. I, I, I thought, oh, could we do it in like... Do I try and like write a menu of what Captain America would be if he was a dish? Yeah. Or like, <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, what else could I do? It'd be uh, all ration food, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would I was, was, was going to do like <laughs> boiled pork. I was going to do a bit of a jerk one, and it was like, um, what food can you eat while reading the comic? Yeah, was like, I was going to do that. It was like yeah. it can't be sticky, it can't be crummy because yeah. you've got to turn pages, mm. but it's got to be like snackable because mm. you want to keep reading. Yeah. So I was like, I was going to try and like nail down the perfect food to eat while reading mm. the comic, but I didn't do it might regret not doing that yeah. so comics and food comics in food food and comics uh, who's going first I think it's, it's you Jack's here first um, what you got for us yeah, let's get the uh, let's get the timer going what you this got was, for us uh, brah this was interesting I have no idea how you got here <laughs> and thought of this the got, it came out because I was looking at that picture of Daredevil Luke Cage and stuff eating I was like there's loads of moments like this in comic books where Com- superheroes are just sat eating like that diner scene in Civil War when you oh, got- that's what I was thinking that when they're all on the undercover yeah percent. yeah but- and then they all go to the alley and I was like that was the first time in a long time I've actually seen superheroics like that literally going out getting changed people putting on costumes but in the I don't know if they diverged that more in the spin-offs sorry Jack can't eat it yeah yeah good good sorry but but in that they do that scene and then you don't see them in those costumes ever again in the rest of the arc Anyway, that's just my little thing about that. So yeah, we started this podcast all wrong. There's no snacks, there's no food at all here. We should be eating while we're talking about food. Otherwise, we're just going to get hungrier and hungrier. uh, And then we'll get into trouble by the powers that be. (laughs) As the episode goes on. Um, So that that might just be my hangover talking when I'm (laughs) on food. Um, So yeah, when when you guys said I come up with a hard one when I did licensed comics, I mean, this is fucking insane. (laughs) (sighs) Right. So my first thought was to talk about the burger from Secret Wars and how it effectively saved the day. Um, Did it? Yeah. But it saves miles, it saves miles it like, saves doesn't miles it? Like, it thanks and that's for the all burger. which really matters to me. That is good, that I did that. Um, because he has the burger in his back. Where, where in his costume he had the burger, I don't know. But Molecule Man likes so There's an awesome it. panel where, like, yeah. Spider-Man's going, you've got a burger. And he goes, why? <laughs> he goes, I've just got a burger. <laughs> um, so I was going to do that. Um, but I kind of want to save Secret Wars for something else. Um it's hard think. to talk about that without talking about the whole event. And yeah. I love it, and it's bound to come up at some point. The next thing I was thought about doing was pretty obvious. I was going to do some on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and there's literally pizza oh, everywhere. Yeah. Good, yeah, I thought pizza that. Pizza van. Um, but although I'll, I loved it as a kid, I just don't think I could have done it justice. Um, then there's books like Chew and Starve, yeah. which I think yeah. I thought Curfew might pick up on. 
some point and do for this. Um, so I've kind of approached this from a completely different angle. Instead of talking about food, I'm going to talk about character um, who eats the most food in comics. The Devourer of Wells, Galactus. Oh, nice. <laughs> Have you done a Galactus? <laughs> oh, I've done Galactus as well. This is the first I, I thought I was being uh, No, we, I've clashed before with you with Tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah, oh shit, yeah. I mean, hopefully we've <laughs> tackled it differently. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I'm, I'm going to be the buffer between We've these two. T- we're guaranteed we're talking about the same thing. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> oh, um, now, God. if anyone doesn't know who Galactus is, he's a giant purple dude who wears a silly hat <laughs> and literally <laughs> eats planets. Um, he's got no chill. He's that character that Fox absolutely butchered in the second Fantastic Four And he's literally one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. Um I was first introduced to him in the 90s Silver Surfer cartoon, which um, I remember watching as a kid. He's a character who looks so ridiculous, he shouldn't be scary, but he really is. Um, Galactus was created by the powerhouse, powerhouses of Stanley and Jack Kirby back in 1966 in Fantastic Four 48. His origin is very high concept. In a recent retcon, it... it or a recent couple of retcons, it turned out he's the fa- survivor of the previous iteration of the universe. Um, and so to get in a bit more depth with that, when Secret Wars, the recent event ended, writer Al Ewing wrote that the 616 was the seventh iteration of the universe and that the prime universe is the eighth iteration of it. So Galactus hails from the sixth hmm. iteration of it. I think that's right. Hmm. Same order. I might have got the numbers wrong, but that's currently where we're at. Um... Galactus is a combination of Galan, his pre- Galan, his previous form, and he's also like a s- and the sentience of the universe itself. And he needs to feed on planets to survive. Although he's a destructive character who causes death and ruin, he's often written as a necessity of the universe. Like he's a he's, he's one of the things which is needed for the universe to exist. And to okay. like, I mean, we could go into the whole eternity and all that. Yeah, he's he's, he's in that sort of realm of yeah what the universe needs to survive. Um, what makes Galactus a truly good villain, in my eyes, is that he's larger than life, literally. literally. <laughs> yeah. um, and it truly takes all of the heroes to unite to save the day. Um, but it's never truly saved. It always feels like it's just postponed to another time. Because um, they, they, they're just kind of battling back, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, and he's a truly powerful villain beyond what the heroes usually come up against. I mean, there's nobody really which compares is the... Scratches. Yeah. No, he's just he's, he stands above the rest completely. Um, he Galactus uses the power cosmic. That's the sort of source of his mm-hmm. power, um, and he has power such as universal co- cosmic awareness, telepathy, telekinesis. He can project energy. He can change size. He can mutate matter. He can transport objects across space. He can create force fields. Interdimensional portals. He can create life. He can resurrect. He can manipulate souls, memories, emotions. Is that it? <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, he can do. He can literally do pretty much anything, really. Um, Galactus is usually accompanied by a herald. Um, his most famous one being the Silver Surfer. His job is to seek out worlds for Galactus to consume. Although the Silver Surfer often also serves as a heroic character, and the main twist in that is like he no longer finds worlds for Galactus he warns them um, one of my favourite comics of all time and don't laugh is the Ultimate Galactus trilogy uh, by Warren Ellis um, although it's not the giant purple man from the 616 he's, it's, he's been reimagined into a swarm of ships like a hive mind mm. it's a book which really captures the scope and threat level so even though it's not the same Galactus you sort of get the feel that it's like it's this big ass event which affects the whole world all characters from all over the place have to come together to fight him and the whole planet is literally at stake um, the ultimate universe also had a face off with the traditional Galactus um, don't ask me why or how because it's really not as interesting as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> you know that was one of the most interesting bits about the end of um, Age of Age of Age Ultron of, yeah it was the um, fracture of time, fracture space, time. Yeah. Mm. I mean it was it's an interesting concept whether it, whether it was necessary when they merged, to, they merged together together in the catalyst in the yeah, catalyst or hunger the catalyst a, yeah, I think because yeah, I've got the big cataclysm cataclysm um, yeah. yeah there's a few different books which sort of drive that story because um, this thought this ultimate thought get killed in that yeah yeah uh, and Kitty Pride saves it there. Mm. yeah cataclysm yeah 
Um, but again, it's a it's a book which has like great scope, and it's something that can only really be visualised in existing comics. It's so ridiculous and preposterous that it's he's great in it. He's just fantastic. Um, I think it's a real shame that the Fantastic Four movies fuck Galactus up. Um, basically, it's a character and story which I think. We need a shot at a screen. Someone needs to give Galactus a decent shot at screen. What, as in, like, as a big guy? Yeah, and I think... Have you ever seen the screenshot of where they're doing the big cloud, but they make, like, a big square hat at one point, or the cloud becomes, like, big and square, or, like, a split second, yeah. just to, like, give it his look? Yeah. And I know it was It's quite a while ago when that Fantastic Five movie came out, wasn't it? You think I've got to be about... 10, 12 years ago, yeah. I would have thought. And it's probably something which would be easier to achieve, and I think the audience would get on board with more in a post-MCU world. I think the turn of Marvel films would probably make it a suitable environment to have something so ridiculous, but yet threatening at the same time. Mm. I, I don't think we could do it then, but I think we can achieve it now if if uh, Disney maybe tackle Galactus when mm. they get their hands back on Fantastic Four. Um so yeah, Marvel really nailed being able to show the real comic booky stuff. I mean, Thanos is a big purple dude, not as big. <laughs> what is it with Pretty purple? Big, yeah. Um, but also managed to keep it grounded at the same time. Um, this is quite shocking for me. I feel like I've waffled a bit, but I think I give you a quick insight into a character who may not be food, but is literally hungry all That's the time. Yeah. Okay. Nice. How early was it? Oh, uh, the, sorry, guys. Well, I wouldn't want to talk too much because. <laughs> because I've done exactly the same thing <laughs> so I'll leave that for mine because I have, I have time to fill for mine okay but yeah he's, Galactus is a very interesting I love what they're doing with him now I love he's how he's a service create, to the universe yeah creative, like, creative life, life yeah. yeah and like I think that whole run on Ultimates was amazing I love that book I didn't read that I was like didn't tell him blue gold gold, gold sorry. he looks sick and you, you find out more about who he is and how his whole ship torn open like the artwork on that book was poor at times do you think yeah they switched up a lot of artists yeah um but some of the concepts al ewing brought up and like some of the science and sort of like making the universe work like he it basically explains how the sliding time scale thing Mm. works there's a whole page and it sort of shows sort of visualizes the sliding time scale into like some sort of science you almost believe is true oh really yeah yeah and it's something about Check how it stretches means that the thing is, is it still running? to different key points. I'm no, just looking now. It ended a long time ago. Because did, I, did there was Ultimates up? and then Volume 2, wasn't they? Yeah, there's Ultimates and then Ultimate Squared. Yeah. It, was it issue 100 or something, or 200 or something, yeah, where it had like, the, the original yeah. Ultimates in? Yeah. And they had Thanos in jail and stuff like that. It was re- I really liked it. I thought it was in a good team. You had, um, was it Blue Marvel? Um, Captain Spec- Marvel. Spectre, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and one of my ultimate favourite characters, America Chavez. I'm actually going to do a cosplay. Was War Machine in it as well? No. well at times, yeah. Was War it? Machine and Ant-Man were sort of... They had new the new, new Giant sort Man. of like um, background characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got the new... Yeah. New Giant Man from was on the Ant-Man comics. Yeah. The reformed computer attacker or something. I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, it was really, really good. Yeah, because... I don't know if they started because they made War, War Machine and Captain Marvel a thing, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's just, he, was in, he was in it a bit, but he, were, he were, wasn't in the main team. Because he got killed in C- Civil War. Yeah, I mean, it was a great, good book. It could have done with better artwork. artwork. I think Al Ewing is... Is that writer you want to be able to tackle the next big event? Um, What's he doing now? I've not read much Hulk, of his stuff for a while. He's on the New Hulk. Yeah. Oh, then you, I'm just looking at he's pictures good of Galactus. He's, he's, like, he's a good continuity nerd. So if you like your comics and you like it fitting and working, yeah, he'll so. make it work. It looks sick, though, doesn't it? That was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm, I want to read it just for the explanation of the shifting timeline. Yeah, that's really that clever. That's the first volume of it. Really, really so good. There's, so there's it's this thing about the iterations of the universe. Mm. and Because um, there's this thing after the Secret Wars that did that many different Avengers groups. Because this was, this was more just another Avengers one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I, pick, I went for a uncanny, the, uncanny Avengers in the end to pick very up very wordy, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it's very like text-heavy. The, the, lots of science. The concepts of it. Sometimes I had to reread it again. I was like, what is happening? What's going on? But... That was good. And he, he plays on some of like the stuff from like Ellis's work, so I can't remember what it's called in the Marvel universe. It's called the Bleed in D C. Is it the Superflow? Mm, yeah, the, yeah. The stuff between universes. Mm. Um so he goes into a lot of that sort of sciencey stuff. And that's the kind of stuff I like. Yeah. Oh, this is what they supposed to trying to get rid of, wasn't it, originally? Because they didn't want to have like split universe stuff, did they after the Secret Wars? No, it's more like it's, they don't go to different universes. It's more like I the know, structure yeah. of the universe. Yeah, and like looking at what's happened to eternity and who changed up 
yeah. who chained who chained up eternity and stepping outside of let's go beyond let's go beyond space don't yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's really weird really weird oh, so. uh, yeah shall I go yeah go um, so Jack you guessed it I am here to talk about Starve yeah. uh, you've read it haven't you I read the first couple of issues um, fan of Brian Wood Brian Wood and da- uh, Daniel Z- oh, Zezelj Z E Z E L J Zizelj. Uh Yeah, I, yeah, I, I apologise, uh, Mr. Zizelj, if I have butchered your surname. But, uh, yeah, came out in 2016. So, Starve is the story of a man called Gavin Krushank, who was a well famous chef who was put himself into self imposed exile. And when the TV network that employed him imploded, and it also just kind of just ruined his personal life. Now, Starve was Gavin's TV show, and it was pretty much an arena sport which puts chef against chef but it's now been what we pick up with Gavin it's now been bastardised where people are chefs are going up against each other at the plight at the pleasure of the super super rich the 1% so Gavin has been you know living in the slums of Asia fighting drinking getting all messed up and he's dragged back to New York after he hears about what has happened to his show Um, but it's it's really, it's really interesting because when he left it, it was at its height and it was all about cooking and enjoying cooking and food. But it switches the focus of preparing luxury meals for these rich, rich people in a world where you've got rising sea waters, certain resources and foods are going, you know, animals and stuff are going extinct, but the super rich can afford to kind of use all these resources for their pleasure, which is a bit like, a bit, bit messed up. Um, when Gavin comes back to New York, he has to confront his ex-wife, um, Greer. She's brilliant in this, actually. I love her. She's like, she goes against him, but she's not fighting against him, do you know what I mean? She's kind of on his side, but like against it, she's also another thing he has to overcome, which makes her an interesting dynamic. Um, but she's really mad at him because he ended up coming out as gay decades into their marriage, and then he abandoned her and her daughter. And his daughter, Angie, she's just turned 18, but dis- she defies her mother by wanting to build a relationship with Gavin when he comes back. It's really, really good because their their interactions is very, very tender. They have some really good moments in the comic book. So the world of staff is bleak. You know, it's dystopic. There's not enough food to go around. And the supplies that they have, the 1% are proper fuckwits. And they squander them and they use it for entertainment and for their own personal use instead of actually trying to save it. That doesn't sound like one percenters. Pardon? That doesn't sound <laughs> like no, one no, percenters. No. Can you believe it? Um, and they use it on, you know, bullshit like the show. So things like pork is a del- is a like certain pork is a delicacy. Yeah, you know, the elite, they'll have fancy dishes made from that. They won't even eat. They'll just watch chefs prepare them and throw, throw them away. This is the kind of people that they are. This is the kind of show that show that Starve is. You know, they'll take killer whales and endangered species. They're caught and captured and given to chefs and meal of, and the rich will pay top dollar to see this stuff happen and not necessarily eat it while people literally start. So Gavin is great. Um, he's broken. He's toxic. He's terrible to be around, but he's got a really sort of weird moral um weird sense of morality and he wa- he just wants to be left alone but when he feels that he has to come back take part in starve to try and stick it to the one percent you know he likes that challenge he likes putting himself into situations where it's like this could go either way i shouldn't really take i shouldn't really be taking part in it but because i shouldn't be taking part in something like this i'm going to take part in it so you just think god this guy from the get-go is so self-destructive you know what I, mean? yeah. I just think i love characters like this um he literally hates being where he is. Um, he, he hates being part of this gruesome reality show, but he also loves being being in it, being a part of the spotlight, doing what he does best, which is cooking. Um, he loves being a part of this terrible elitist system, but he hates the system as well, and he loves tearing it down, And which I think is interesting because you just think, which way is he going to go? Is he playing the system? Is he playing himself? You know, who's he in it for? Uh, and all these types of stuff. He constantly keeps you on the edge of your seat because... Like I said, he's so prone to fucking things up. You're just waiting for like, you're just waiting for everything to collapse. Like I've put, I put, I wrote down here. It's on. It's like watching House of Cards that've been built on a table, waiting for the breeze to blow it down. But you're just waiting to see where the cards are going to fall. Um, Gavin, his daughter Angie, um, he has some really amazing, touching moments with her, and I find it fantastic how you've got high points of action and plot points getting spoken about and shown over the over preparation of food uh, while they're preparing and talking about food so Gavin and Angie they have this really touching moment when just cooking up some eggs and he's teaching her about the best way to fry an egg and make scrambled eggs is this way but they're also kind of 
bonding in a they also you know that the bonding over frying eggs but also their their pla they their their planning and scheming against okay how do we get through the next round of stuff and it's like it's quite cool to see all these sort of metaphors that people are, are making whilst things like you know, doing something as simple as cooking people can be cooking a steak but then the biki they can be talking about life and how you dispose and deal with your enemies and how to prepare a perfect three course meal. It's like you've got all these layers of like speech and conversations. Have you, take, have you taken much cooking advice from it? No, <laughs> <laughs> I've taken none because it's like it's psychotic. <laughs> you cannot take any advice from anything happening in here. So I feel like it's like it's part soap opera. It's a bit of like a revenge tale, like dystopian satire, and like all set around what happens in the kitchen. You know what I mean? And it's a really I find it like quite darkly satisfying that like you've got good people, you've got good people and bad people that are all sort of getting their just desserts in some sort of way, um, and I think it's quite cool that there's a lot of social aspects in it as well because Gav sets up this soup kit. Well, he sets up a restaurant in a really rundown part of New York where he's teaching a small member of the community some gangbangers and like young kids about food and cooking, and it's really this is again it's like you have all this terrible stuff and all these terrible people and Gavin himself isn't a great person but he's doing little things like this like teaching a community about food and the value of food and how you can pull your resources together and using his knowledge to bring a neighbourhood together by introducing them and saying you are entitled to have good stuff so they create like a neighbourhood system maybe I don't want to call it a soup kitchen it is a restaurant where they're cooking chicken and waffles and barbecue and stuff but all the people that are working and getting involved in the restaurant, they're learning skills, they're, they're helping each other out. You know, you've got gang members who were, who used to be enemies, now working side by side and trying to provide something for this rundown community, which I think is really, really nice. And he's just doing it for, for the love of cooking and because he feels like it's the right thing to do. He wants to put the, the power back in eating because he's like, whatever you feed yourself, whatever you put in your system, it changes how you are, how you think, how you feel and so forth. Uh, this, he also allows this system to help create a few more more jobs, money in the area, sense of sense of pride, sense of self, sense of worth, sense of value. And like all this, you know, shit is kicking off in his personal life, like um with his obviously with him trying to win back his T V show. And I I like it. You know, I mean these moments these moments are really nice. You know, you got these conversations about the quality of food. It's, they talk about for the quality of your food shouldn't be sacrificed because what you put in your body is affects your mind and all this type of thing. But like if they didn't put in those soft bits, those late nice tender moments, this book would be a massive downer. Um, <laughs> because it looks at all these like environmental and social social themes. Like, have you heard of like black kitchens before? No. So there's no. black kitchens all around the world where you can go and get stuff like shark fin soup or puffer fish. You know, all this stuff that is shouldn't isn't legally allowed okay. to be said. All oh, right, okay. But, so like, yeah. So he takes a lot of these concepts of stuff that's happening today and he puts it into this world now I was like oh I didn't realise that this was actually a thing where you have to be part of a certain club or you have to know certain chefs or certain people to be able to get access to endangered species that people are actually serving up I just thought it was going to be part of the concept but I didn't think and it, I think it was naive, naive of me to think that this stuff isn't happening but there yeah. is people out there that would you have a different viewpoint reading this being a vegan as opposed yes. to somebody who eats meat um, when I was reading it as a vegan I was like it makes me it makes me more sort of kind of confirming my resolutions to not eat meat because I think this is a way, this is where we could be going. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like we're running out of resources, and when we when 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 we start running out of resources, is it the super rich that will only be entitled to eating right? And once people can't eat right or eat the right things, that's when health goes down. You know, your mental health goes down, and that's when you just start seeing society crumble because that is what you're looking at in the world to start. Um, but it was really quite weird when you're watching them prepare stuff because it's quite... Some of it looks, in theory, quite nice. Like, there's still things about fish that I miss. So when they're doing certain stuff with fish, I'm like, oh, God, that sounds quite nice. But then I'm like, ugh, you know what I mean? I don't want to eat that sort of thing. It's quite... You know, in a split second, I've got all these different emotions about... <laughs> and, like, sensations about food and how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, so he starts talking about, like, black kitchens, um, which I, I thought that was quite interesting. I started looking into that. And I was like, well, this is... That's weird, and it's... How do people crack down on this type of stuff? Mm -hmm. If if at all, um, but yeah, it's yeah, Stav is it's deliberately like amped up with loads of stuff, uh, play for uh, with, with loads with loads of themes and obviously um, 
loads of real life sort of turns about what is actually happening in real kitchens. So he's he's been drawing inspiration from cooking shows like Top Chef and Chef. You've seen that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It looks at kind of how ludicrous these things are, where it's all really glorified and how all these so these chefs are not really interested in the actual preparation of food and cooking, but just about being a celebrity as yeah. himself. Because yeah. he feels like that's the art of cooking, the art of wanting to prepare dishes um, for the, nutritional benefits is gone. It's all about how it looks. And the how pres- it I was going to say the presentation of things and how things look as opposed to what's in it. Yeah, you just hate portion size on cooking programs. Yeah. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I remember I was getting a kick from Laura because I went to um, Tixon Grange and we got like this big plate of like, dessert with this little thing in the middle there. I was like, well, what's the point in having a big plate like this when you've got a little teeny yeah. tiny thing and there? Also, it's not enough. <laughs> he, yeah, it's he does. Some, well, I've taken a quote where Wood he says that he's he made the chefs in the story feel like primal beings, and he describes celebrity chef culture as chefs in love with being chefs instead of being satisfied with making the food. And like, it's really cool because he describes each ingredients and the dish in a way that makes, like I said, it makes your stomach think like, oh, I could eat that. But then also the circumstances and what they're cooking, you like, actually. I shouldn't be wanting to eat that because <laughs> this is an extinct. This is an extinct. This is one of the very few killer whales that have that are out there, and it's been dragged out of the ocean, and they've been told to make a certain, you know, make a meal out of it, and then throw the rest away. And you think, oh god, that sounds nice, but then the the ethics behind it, you think, oh god, that's oh, awful. Yeah. I'm a terrible person. And like they have all these things on staff, so they're given challenges. So one of them was to take this bluefin tuna, which was apparently extinct in the starved world, and turn it into turn it into a dish. Wood wanted to try and take the moral dilemmas of cooking something that rare for the sake of good TV, and it's like you got Gav himself. He's he's taking part in this thing. He's part of the system. He's come back to take part in Star, jack up the ratings, and obviously, obviously the more rate, the more people that are watching this type of stuff, the more money the establishment starts making off it. And obviously, if he's trying to take it down, but by him taking part, he's doing them a favour. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you, you kind of you. you you start working with his dual consciousness about what what he's actually doing versus what he should be doing and the ways that he's actually going about it. Um, and like, there's one one of my I don't want to give too much away about the challenges because it's so intense. But and I'm, I'm just looking it up just now on the Lodge is mm. tempted. Is it an is it like a it, no, ten, ten issues ten issues yeah, series? It's amazing. Like there was one where it was round three. My favorite one. Cause I remember posting about it on Instagram when I read it because I was thinking, what the hell is going on? It was round three. Uh, challenge number one, where you've got to cook a starter for six people, but you've got to bring. They were told to go to certain um, kitchens around New York, and and you've got to find. You've got to go cook this starter for six people in a kitchen where the chefs don't want you there. Now, as I said before, Brian Brian Wood said that chefs were primal people. So Gavin and his crew, they're dressed in their chefs' whites. They look like they've got World War One army helmets on. And you think this is such a weird weird look and they burst into a kitchen and you've got all these other chefs that there with meat cleavers you know and iron pans and stuff like that it looks like a war scene and then this, this is a really good shot of just Gav's eyes and it just says we fight we cook we win and then him and his guys just kick this door down and it's a huge rumble so it's almost a bit like I put here it's a bit like Warriors meets Gangs of New York in some scenes <laughs> yeah. because they've got to break into certain kitchens or go to certain spaces where they're not wanted and try and cook a meal but then they've also got a hunt for um, certain ingredients and stuff like I said it's either extinct or it's going extinct so they have to try and use the black market and it's like it's really cool because it feels a bit detective-y but it's almost like an adventure sort of get from a point A to B without so without getting taken down by the goons and the bosses in the middle like, loads of really interesting twists and turns and moments where you just think it, oh my god they actually did that and some really interesting turns with especially with Greer his ex-wife and Gav himself, awful. You, half the time you're reading it, you think he's not gonna, he's not redeemable. He's not gonna do this. But he's, him and his daughter are always thinking one step ahead of the um, the producers and the execs behind those who are running Starve. Like he's come back and they've stayed, they've rigged up the game, the game of Starve for him to fail. And it's like it's just, it's, it's you always get a, you, it's one of those things where you read it and you're like, oh shit, how's he gonna get out of this? And you know you physically celebrate when he outdoes them or outsmarts them. Do you know what I mean? When you're like, yeah, come on, because you, know, you, you want, even though you've got loads of shitty people doing shitty things, he's the least shittiest of them all. It's like when you're watching It's Always Sunny, you know what I mean? Because they're all, tell, yeah, they're they're all terrible people. people. But the artwork, and I just say, like, I cannot imagine it without any. Oh, no. I couldn't even, I was going to say, you can't imagine it without. Um, uh, I can't pronounce it. Um, Zizelge? Zizelge on it? Because it's just. 
the food, like we said, was made. The food on TV is made up to be all nice, pretty, and perfect. But this is opposite. It looks dirty. It's unpleasant. It's made to. It's made to make you feel bad for eating it. Like fish looks dead, meat looks black. You know, blood is just grim. It's none of it. Or everything that they show you is not good food for consumption. On, I think that fits in perfectly with this sort of down, dirty, dystopic world. So yeah, that was it. A lot of Brian Wood stuff has been always been made into TV shows and stuff. Do you think Starve? Could I be? think Starve. I was reading it. I was like, I would love to see this as a TV show. I think obviously food is a visual medium, mm. isn't it? So yeah. you need to. I think this would ha- easily work as a as a TV show just because it's just it's fast. It's a fast paced book. I think. And each episode, I know I don't want to say it's for easy writing, but each episode could be set in the sense of, okay, we're going to focus on this challenge, this episode, and how that's going to drive the story forward, and is he going to complete the task? And You can actually make the TV series look as if the actual show is, is a, a show within yeah. a show. Yeah, which I, th- I would like to see. Mm. And I just want to see how they would just make New York look dirty and down. Because there's been loads of global warming, Every, all the sea levels are rising so there's less land and places people face so everyone is literally physically living on top of each other it feels very claustrophobic mm. like no, like everything all a lot of scenes in the kitchens are real tight real panicky and you never get this sense of personal space which I well, which is what I really like because it's all everything's all really tight close up shots of faces or hands cutting stuff there's never really any real space mm. unless it's showing you what's happening when they're filming the actual style of arena yeah. I'll, I'll have to read it because I loved um Brian Wood's book is it the the massive? It's like really. a, I think it was a couple of years before Starve, and it was a like set in the future, and the environment's gone to shit. There mm. are there are eco warriors who were out on a ship in the sea, and it's it was it was great. And I think it probably touches on some of the same sort of issues around some of the stuff humanity's doing wrong in terms of fishing and mm. farming of animals and the way we look after the environment and ourselves. So it probably. My alley a little bit. I'm just gonna see if he's is Brian Wood vegan, vegetarian? I don't know. He does a lot with food. He was, he was paleo. Was he? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting because there's a there's a paleo oh, what's it called? There's a paleo something barbecue place where he's got like this giant woolly mammoth, there's like the icon for it where there's a big fight. There's a big fight scene plot moment that happens in this paleo, paleo barbecue yeah paleo. raw meat barbecue yeah it's like it's this paleo <laughs> barbecue place and they fight all these Korean dudes and it's like it's weird it's just so tense there's a panel of like one of his chef's guys that's just there freaking out going what is happening <laughs> and it's just like you're you're like it's like you're you're part of his like his his kitchen team just watching all this madness unfold do you think like a TV show would have to be quite absurd at the same time like what the obviously to like to dramatize the TV show part of it. Yeah. Do you think it needs to be like I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example like like some of the TV bits on say um Fifth Element or even Hunger Games where mm-hmm. it's like it's a bit they're a bit ridiculously yeah. sounding characters yeah, and it's it. a bit like yeah. too much. It's mm. yeah. I think it's definitely worth a read, just for the challenges alone and you just think bloody hell it's like Cool, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cool. Tell them how you're feeling. All right. <laughs> Everybody's knackered. Go, going into Everybody's repeat mode dead. now. Oh, man. So, Tom, tell us what you're talking about. <laughs> well, because I've not really read up much on about food either, I decided to go for the biggest, hungriest bastard <laughs> in the um, in the comic book world. Again, gone for Galaxus as well, coincidentally. Um, so even just today, whilst I was preparing my report, I decided to read the, the Galactus Trilogy, as it's well known now, as which is the or, the original story oh. where it's introduced into it. And it's actually really, really good. Um, there's a bit of backstory behind it. It's obviously your, your, fanta- your basic Fantastic Four mm. um, storyline. But you've got before then, they have an alteration with the Inhumans, which kind of leads into it a little bit. Uh, I think it's also got the first... Um, the first introduction of the Black Bolt, I think, um, a maximum. But it's yeah, it's good. Um, he also get a lot more into the. I'm going to talk go a bit different with what Jack kind of talked about, and just talk about the Glass as a person. Well, not as a person, but Glass as an entity. But his kind of role, how his role affects the MCU on a whole. So for starters, <clears throat> in the whole story about um, about Glass, he needs to destroy planets, absorb their energy in order for him to survive. Like Jack called me before, he was a survivor of the Big Bang where he 
he was a, he was the last known survivor of the previous universe merged with the single space in some ways he kind of merged with eternity to become the he's the oldest the first and oldest beam in the current universe is what it is what it's like um in terms of also trying to devour Earth, he's also devoured the Skrull home planet as well, mm-hmm. and has also devoured um, um, Sakaar as well oh, from Planet Hulk as well. Um, he makes a bit of appearance in the um, in Scar, Sun, not mm. Scar, and the Son of Hulk. I can't remember. Is, okay. it, is it Scar? Scar, yeah, yeah, yeah Scar. Um, and also again, he's also got his heralds as well. Famous, most famous being Silver Surfer. But I think the second most famous ones. He also had Nova as being a as being a herald for a little while. Richard Ryder. I think it was Richard Ryder. Yeah, I think that's why he was his herald for when he devoured. Um, I'm going to try and pronounce it. Um, Tanax Four is what the school's home planet is. And then he also had as well the second probably most famous one is he had Terex the Tamer, which is the guy who's got the big axe and a big mm. beard. When was Firestar? Herald. She was in the show. Um, now I've got a list here of all the heralds. So we've had Tyrant deceased, Fallen One deceased, Airwalker deceased, Fire Lord released, Destroyer released, Terax and Nerva. Oh shit! Yeah, I know Terax is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the fact that the threat of Galactus is so big, it was the first time that the well, the Watchers or Yuta actually interfered in matters. So people don't know who the Watchers are. They're a, a race of beings who are just supposed to document life, existence as it is. Um, but Yuta had a kind of grown a, a fondness for Earth. So when Galactus then decides to come and... Well, there's a couple of things that come into play. Galactus then decides to come to Earth to devour it. Yuta then tries to intervene and says to him, no, well, says to him, you can't do. These have got sentient life beings on them, intelligence. That's like, I don't care. I need to, I need to fix it. Mm. Um, now, Yuta was also the guy who also then was also at the beginning and saw um, Galactus being born, but and saw the raw power what was there, but couldn't do anything because it's their swollen place to so not be able to interfere with him. So left him, and so let, let him be. But it wasn't until he realised that he'd always had the runnings with the Fantastic Four at this point, and so wanted to save the Earth. So what he did was he then transformed, transferred, sorry, Johnny Storm to Galactus's ship, which is called the. Um, the Ta Tattoo and T T A two, which was named after his first planet, and also then the his home planet, and also his first devourer as well. Mm. So he was like, I think it's any time he's kind of felt some kind of emotional feel something. So he named his pl- his ship, which is more or less planet sized, after his home world. So his ship must be massive. Yeah, he can get in it. Well, things are when you first see Galactus in the first story arc in his first, he's only about. 15 foot tall right. if that it doesn't look like not what you see him now as this massive skyscraper-esque being like it's, it looks like celestial really yeah. he's just an above well not above average but he's a tall guy and even so like, 15 foot's a bit more than a tall guy yeah <laughs> but he just looks like in the concepts of things I mean he might even, might even 10 foot the thing has a goat trying to beat him up as yeah, like well. the thing's always the things that you know first thing yeah, to do yeah. is always try and club us up <laughs> hence it's clobbering time um but anyway so the watcher interferes and sends johnny um johnny storm to get the 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 most powerful weapon in the universe and oh, with the only the only thing what strikes fear to galactus oh what is it a weapon so powerful I don't, it's not ever been used I don't think has it is it no one really knows how to use it either, or they can't well it's also. just a little thing with just like a little switch and that's it just like yeah on, it's off. like a look yeah that's it but, but this is fantastic he couldn't he didn't use it doesn't it if you use it it disintegrates you or something they like. don't know what they, they do not know what happens with it the, the rumour is that it then causes a new like it resets the universe right so it'll just destroy everything and then rebuild it up again but it's, I'm surprised I'm not. It must be one of these things which Marvel must have in, in, in case of emergency. Use the to actually you know to do a storyline on it to say what what it should be. Um, now, hey, of course, with this also being Marvel as well, there has been also other versions as well of Galactus. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of these ones. So we have the Ultimate Universe where we had Galactus, which is three symbol word, which is the little. Beans that hive mind, yes. Which all just, do they just go feed, 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 or hunger? They yeah, just so say something repeatedly, yeah, don't they? So, yeah. And then when Galactus appears, and in the Ultimate Universe, they kind of 
are drawn to him and, and create this ultimate supreme being it's actually huge um, but again obviously he gets thwarted by everyone else at the end of the day um, but then the other version though is which I think the only version I've ever seen Galactus actually being destroyed is in the Marvel zombie version mm-hmm. uh, again kind of tie back into Food Wave because you've got them if anyone doesn't know what happens in the Marvel zombie ver- universe it's just all the heroes are zombies obviously mm-hmm. but humans can't become zombies they're just used as just the food it's only powered humans can. it's only the powered yeah. um, beings are the ones who are able then become zombified and then the more or less kill everyone else in the end it leaves to be about a few villains and about five of the heroes then Silver Surfer comes along and Hulk manages to bite off his head and manages to then devour the Silver Surfer and then absorb his powers but then after that then because obviously the Silver Surfer's there Galactus then turns up as well to destroy the planet but then they manage to find a way to to defeat him and then they devour Galactus so you've got Galactus becomes a zombie Galactus no 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 they eat eat Galactus they actually eat Galactus so there's nothing left of him so he's not a zombie Galactus Mm. so you've got like um, Hulk Giant Man Iron Man um, Spider-Man and Luke Cage, I think, are all the zombie fighters. But then they've all got the power of Galactus then. So then they start going from planet to planet and devouring with the powers right. of Galactus then. To devour. The best one is, is when they're coming back to Earth because <laughs> they ran out because they're more or less eating everyone who's in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to Earth. And then they, um, they realise that um, Ego's there. And oh. they're there, so we don't know how it's like. I don't know how we missed Ego. So they're all there on Ego, just literally eating the living planet. Oh, and he's like, no. his face is then in in pain yeah, yeah, yeah. when you go like <laughs> on those out zooms, which is which is quite clever because you think obviously out of anything, what anyone's gonna, especially a celestial like in our group of celestial zombies, a planet who needs to eat on planets. Ego's the most ideal choice yeah, yeah, yeah. for for actually eating Perfect something. Perfect snack. Yeah, yeah. So it do, is. do they get Ego's abilities there when they? No, I, no, I don't think Ego really has it. I don't think they've just kind of just done it. The whole fact they've just got ego just there really right. just a little fun Man, that's it. sick that's so cool that's yeah. so cool yeah um, but then I was thinking going forward then if you're going to have Galactus then into the MCU how would you then have him because you say say for argument's sake Disney how now have Fox now the rights to 20 fact all the cut a deal where they get the Fantastic yeah. Four and the in the backlog of villains there you couldn't really go from one interstellar villain to another one I think it would be too similar mm-hmm. And again, it'd be like something where you have to get everyone all rally around together mm. to then defeat defeat the super like, to defeat. Yeah, I just, I'd love yeah. to see him stood against a skyscraper. You know what I mean? Just have him like. Are you having like the next like you know Avengers Tower or, so, or whatever yeah, Avengers Tower is going to be? Just pushing shit out of the way. Yeah, but I think he doesn't actually destroy buildings. He just if you ever read like. Tubes and shit. Yeah, like he assembles things in order for him to like suck out the the cosmic power of the, of the planet. It doesn't like he actually he doesn't go down and start not like a Power Ranger sort of thing when you go down there and start smashing and crashing up everything it's just the, it just wants the energy but then by then it absorbs the energy the, the earth or the planet then just becomes a shell of its former self yeah. and there's nothing there there's no life force there for it to sustain anything so that's how it works on there so it'd be an interesting thing I mean the, obviously the bloody the, the rise of the silver surfer was just so bad it was just awful yeah, the way it's just like a re- I've ever seen it all oh, have you ever seen how he devours a planet it just like becomes like a world like it's a, a swarm isn't it it just like, like dust cloud, like, like dust cloud, and then like then just like the eye of the storm, then it becomes bigger than the planet, so it just like can absorb it, yeah. and that's it. It's very cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just not. Yeah, it's just weird, and then so it's kind of saying that he would be an ideal villain to have. Or not, well, he's a villain, I suppose, but oh, he's a threat. I don't know. It's quite hard to describe someone who's that kind of size. Is he a villain? Is he a? It's, I think it's more of a threat because it's not yeah, like it's not like a, there's a intent to hurt he's is... beyond that moral compass isn't yeah. he he's yeah. larger than good I, I, and evil he sees himself as being the in between eternity and death he's the the bit in the middle to make sure there's like continuation yeah that there is something there that he he kind of it's almost kind of Thanos-esque yeah. in the last MCU film that he did well it's not that he's who lives on or dies he just knows he has to survive to in order to keep the balance in the universe and he thinks this is calling he has to do this yeah. this is what I'm and it's also quite religious purpose. as well the fact that he has to send a herald there to forewarn the planet that he's coming so why did he do that to give them a chance to leave? No, I think it's just the fact that yeah, it's kind of. Do you think it's a that, just is that an I, ego thing? Like the, I'm, you know, giving them. I can tell you, and I'm still going to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Is it like self gratification? Like you know, there's nothing. They, they can kind do of talk upon it. It's quite a Greek god esque, where the Greek gods know how big and how powerful they are. So they just need someone to announce the presence, their arrival. Mm. Say, here it's, I. Hit it is an ask. ego thing. Though. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought like Thanos has been Thanos. I've always seen Galactus has been relatively hum, humble, and that this is just who he is. 
rather than be like, oh, let them know I'm coming. It's futile to do anything, but they know I'm here. Yeah. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hit it, eat your planet. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm just going to start sucking shit out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also the thing as well, is that hit by his actions as well, though, that he's such a cause of concern in the entire galaxy that the Watcher interferes. Mm. And then... Going forward from that, then you've also got the next Fantastic Four story. Well, not the next one, but going on from that is you then have the trial of the Watcher, where he's then put, he's then getting chastised by the other guys. Yeah, I mean a good one is is um, there's a what if story I've read of what if the um, Watcher killed Galactus, oh, that's cool. and then so in the end they make him Galactus instead. That's his punishment is for him to become Galactus. Oh, shit. That's that's quite an interesting. If you're going to read like a what if story, that's a good one to go by. Yeah. It's just kind of seeing what he's like there. Um, Again, I'm kind of going off topic here because I'm not really talking about the food aspects of it. It's not really talking about why he's eating. He's just eating planets just to, just to get, just to, for his, just for he lives really. Mm. That's kind of it. Um, so yeah, it's short, sweet because Jack's already talked about most of the stuff I was going to talk about here. Really. There's not really anything else to add on to that. It's, it's just a, it's a good character. I mean, it was only supposed to be in just that trilogy of, the Gats trilogy and that was it. Just it thought because it's such an impression. Yeah. What Galactus? Yeah, yeah. Because they just thought he's too big a character. They can't keep bringing him back and bringing him yeah. back. And it was kind of a case of when he when he was threatened with the ultimate nullifier. It was like I will never turn back to this planet. Cause also, the Silver Surfer then also had the whole thing of like he crash lands in where well, he gets beaten up by the thing, and then he's tended to by a blind woman who Alison, I think it is, mm. who's also like in relation. Oh, like the thing's got a thing for. Yeah. Um, so she's blind, so she can't see what it's like. But then shows him kindness yeah. and so he then goes against Galactus and says I'm no longer going to be your herald mm. but it's kind of one of these where he keeps coming and, like a, coming and going, going to how I it's going to be everything around Galactus because there's so much mystery behind him and like once they started fleshing those little bits out about his history in Ultimates it just made me want to know more mm. about him escaping the end of the, it was the end of his universe wasn't it end of, well he was an explorer the whole, original thing was he was an explorer um and then kind of got merged into this entity, but they've kind of, it's like you said before, they keep adding things to his, yeah. to his backstory to kind of give him a bit more bigger impression. I think it was actually killed off. I think at the end of Infinity War, it was killed off in something anywhere, um, and then it kind of, then they did talk about his death and what, how does that affect the balance of the universe. I'm just looking at pictures of him now, and I just think some of these mock-ups are fantastic. Like, I'll show you it here. That's like just, the one, that, yeah. Just things like that. Yeah. Just like because the sheer size of the scale of him, it's like. I mean, you couldn't do just you couldn't just have like a guy in a purple outfit wearing a helmet. Well, that'd be celestial in New York. It? If they did it right, really recently, right? It, they've got celestials looking right. I yeah. think it'll, like, it'll have to look like that, won't it? I can imagine Marvel, like Marvel, doing a very good job with him on big screen. I think. There's, there's room for it. They, they've, they've established a universe where someone like Thanos, uh, Thanos Galactus could exist. Yeah. You, would, you not have, would you not have him as just being a fantastic villain? Would you think it'd have to be a, an Avengers threat? Like a... I think you'd have him in the cosmic stuff first, and yeah. then you'd have him in like an Avengers movie. I think you'd drip feed him in. Mm. Yeah. Make sure that his name gets mentioned or evidence of his evidence of his feeding is found in the wider intergalactic Marvel universe. Didn't mm. even know this planet was devoured by. Thanos. They could do a combination of you know when they did the Who Shot the Watcher yeah. thing, like who's been eating all these planets, and it's like a mystery, so a little bit like with them God Bomb and stuff. So, um, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I suppose we always want one throwaway thing is if like in a, a film in the future, they just say our readers was like like a throwaway comment, like an Ozotrig. Oh, there's a planet missing there. I mm. think it must be a problem with the reading sort of mm. thing, and then no one thinks anything of it. But if we could little Easter egg there, like and that just keeps happening. Like a planet, a planet just keeps missing, and they keep thinking, "What's going on with all these planets? Why are they?" Because you could do that because you kind of got this whole observatory thing. I mean, you touch on it in um, in humans, don't they? What the TV show? I don't know. I haven't watched it because I I actually have some self respect. So I'm, not I'm halfway through it now, and I just can't bring myself sorry, to watch the rest of it. But I just wonder what. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. That's cool. good. Um. So should we do a quick recap? Uh, <laughs> Galactus Part One. Uh, Galactus looked, Part Two. I looked at Starve. <laughs> um, so yeah, should we do the vote? So I'm number one. I'm number two. And I'm number three. Cool. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Cool. Tom. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, is it me? 
Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> oh, cool. Um, I'm You're putting... the only one who actually talked about food. Well, you guys did. I like. I thought it was really interesting and said that. I... The way that you spoke about someone who eats a lot, because he didn't have to be food specifically, and I yeah. like how you guys yeah. thought outside the box. I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's really exciting. Um, I'm putting in a copy of Starve, and I have this little handy book on vegan food, oh, a nice. few recipes and cool. stuff. So it's little, yeah. two little things, because yeah. you're gonna need something to lighten lighten your day after reading this book. <laughs> it's an absolute fucking bummer. <laughs> it honestly is, but it's 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 good. All the pages are dark and dirty, and it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. It's um, good. It's good reading. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, win this box. Hashtags on Instagram, Instagram. please. Hashtag comic box rumble. And if you want to get in touch with us, we have an email address. We are comicboxrumble at gmail.com. You can send us suggestions through there. Or you can tweet at us. Or you can send us in, uh, suggestions on Facebook and Instagram as well. We yeah. are at comicboxrumble on all those social media platforms. Please continue to like and share the page. Uh, Leave like a review a, on iTunes. Review. Yes, please. Photos of any purses you spot out in the wild. Mm-hmm. I saw some at Fruit over the weekend, cool. which is good. Yeah. And like, if you've got any questions or anything that you want us to do reports on or discuss on... In fact, I'm getting really curious as, as to know what what our listeners are watching, what you're reading as well, in terms of I've been reading this, you got, and we can share our opinions with you know the comics that you that you're reading, the TVs, TV yeah. shows that you guys are watching because it's I like I think we got a nice little fan base and we got a nice little yeah group, so. yeah and it's uh, it's really nice engaging and chatting and people mm. giving us a bit of feedback on what we're doing and stuff. Yeah. How many people use Slack? Could we get a Slack group going? Oh uh, what? Anyone use Slack at work? What's, What's Slack? Slack? Oh, it's like instant messaging for workplaces, but like you can people started using it for like just chatting in certain groups like communities. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could not. do. Yeah. Maybe WhatsApp. We've got WhatsApp. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And don't forget, uh, we are comicboxrumble at gmail.com. We are at comicboxrumble on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So get in touch to listen, engage, and win. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Yeah. Rumble, rumble, yeah. rumble, rumble. Yeah. This box is looking good, actually. Good. I'm halfway through it. Yeah, halfway wow. through season three. Fuck. Yeah, it's our peak as well, this. Summertime. Season, season three is where yeah. Then season four is where you make it or break it. Yeah. Is it? Ooh, season five. five, you have to bring in some extras. To yeah, season like, five, yeah. You gotta some more love we're, we're, fine, we're fine, we're here for a good... Well, let's kill a... off one of the main characters. and. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for a good and a long time, guys. <laughs> <laughs> here for a good and a long time. Cool. Thank cool. you very much. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.